TextTalk.news. Welcome to TextTalk. What is TextTalk? It's all about retro computing and modern day text-based computing. From bulletin board systems to the shell, we will keep you informed about the latest developments in the text mode scene. We will go in-depth with a focus topic for each episode. Greetings, friends. You are about to discover text mode in all its glory and learn a thing or two on the way. Unlock the cabin door, light the fire, and sit back with your collection of text talk podcasts. Let us pour you your favorite brew and turn on the news, the texttalk.news. Whoa, yeah! Texttalk.news is a Fat Star production. Fat Star is an inspirational and motivational network bringing people to the Lord with the use of technology in a wide range of topics in the bulletin board system and text mode scenes. You can contact Fatstar at P-H-A-T-S-T-A-R dot N-E-T. You can also contact the Text Talk team directly at T-E-X-T-A-L-K dot N-E-W-S. We're going full on Mad Retro, woo! topic is on our origin stories, how we got into this hobby and passion. We will wax nostalgic about our beginnings in this scene. It will be all about our adventures and how we got to where we are now. We have several origin stories in this episode, including an interview with Calcman Dan of the Air and Wave Radio Show and Crimson of the Faster Society and also the CEO of Kansas.com. Kansas Information Technology. I will also share some of my stories in exploring how much things have changed from then to now. So first off, I'd like to introduce you to Calcman Dan. He posts his radio show, MP3s, on Anonymous Archiver's File Distro Network weekly, and has been into the bulletin board system scene for quite some time now. He was the host of a popular radio show on WWCR Shortwave. Let's hear from Calcman Dan. Woo! This is Calcman Dan of the Air and Wave Radio Show. I'm pleased to answer these questions from the Text Mode blog. Question number one How has BBSing changed your life? When I first started BBSing in the late 1980s, early 1990s, it was concept introduced to me by my schoolmate growing up. He had an 8088 IBM machine and they had a 2400 baud modem. There was a BBS he connected to playing games. At the time, that was a very exotic idea because before we had to put in DOS disks to load DOS and then load the floppies into the machine to play the games and these things just played. That was really cool. And uh, over the years as I was growing up, we had our own machine with the modem and we had a computer magazine, a local free rag that had a list of BBSs from the local area on the back. 
it would describe those BBSs and what they were all about and what services that they had. And it was mostly for me in playing games. Question number two. My first modem enabled computer system was a Mac Plus and my brother had a modem. I believe the modem was built into the system actually and we had a hyper terminal installed on it. Of course it was black and white only and didn't recognize ANSI so anytime I connected to a BBS it was just garbled nonsense. Answer number three. What is the most exciting BBS that you have ever logged into? At the time I was a teenager and I came across a dating one and it was free and I, I applied for an account and lied about my age. Attempted to get some dates but there were very few women on there it never happened but it was exciting number four who have you met on bbs systems that you become friends with online in real life oh um in the early 90s the bbs community in my town sacramento had organized something called the sacramento area modem users party thingy and we called them sam ups for short and uh, we had them uh, probably four or five times a year and uh, set up like a picnic area at a park to join and probably 30 40 of us would show up i'm still friends with uh, a number of the old sysops from those bbs's one actually i continued using his bbs during college into the early 2000s he had a wildcat bbs and it provided internet access for me it was uh, great for me to get access to the internet while I was in college. I couldn't afford an ISP. The two sysops that I befriended are still close friends of mine. Uh, one just moved to Tennessee last year. He wants to get back into BBSing, but unfortunately he just has too many limitations to be able to do that. But yeah, um, those two sysops are quite close friends of mine today, decades later. Question number five, what type of computer platform do you love the most? I'm an Intel guy. Um, always have been. They're reliable, they're a little expensive, but they stand the test of time and uh, Intel's also in my town, so I'm sort of loyal to them by virtue of that. Software, I'm a Linux guy. I've been using Linux since the late 90s. Uh, Red Hat 3 was my first venture and I knew I'd run into the right platform because at the time they weren't taking themselves seriously yet and if you were to go through the list of languages for the installer one of them was Redneck. It was a hoot. Um, in 2003 I learned about Ubuntu and reached out to Canonical and they sent me five CDs with the OS burnt on them and I handed out all five of them after I installed it. Never looked at Red Hat again after that because after packaging and installing um, always I can always rely on the upgrades just working and Red Hat if I did a major upgrade installer systems there would something always crapped out and uh, I would always end up having to reinstall Linux uh, fresh and it was just a pain in the butt especially when I had everything set up. So Linux and Intel. What is your favorite feature of BBS services? Well I'm kind of a sucker for MRC and I like the echoes, I like the file shares and I like the interfaces with Usenet. I'm an avid fan of Usenet news groups. Use them all the time. I, I, I try to avoid the games because they're just not that interesting to me anymore. What is my favorite door game? Well if I were still playing games on BBS's, they would probably be Sudoku and maybe a uh, Lord. 
What is my favorite Echo Mail network? Oh, that's a tough one. Oh, that's a good one. Um, oh, they all have their strengths, and we—I mean, there's some that there are some that are quite focused on a particular concept. If I were to choose one, it would probably be Fidonet, only because they have so many Echoes available. But uh, I don't—I have looked and looked and looked, and I have yet to find one that focuses on Tandy machines. Uh, there's a lot of retro computing out there, but it's all focused on Commodore and Amiga and, and the old Macs. Nothing on the TRS-80, which is my favorite platform of retro computing. If you can add any feature to BBSs, what would that be? I think BBSs have have melded into more or less a text mode version of the web, where at least they have the capacity to. Uh, with the advent of a lot of screen scraping and um, even though it's shrinking, uh, RSS feeds aggregating. I don't see why BBSs can't be used to aggregate news stories from around the world or common blogs found on the net where they fetch the blogs on a daily basis and you can just read them from the comfort of a BBS screen. The beauty of it is that you're skipping out on all the ads and all the flair and any of the tracking, the cookies, all, all the stuff that the web has turned into. BBSs can exploit scripting technologies to obtain text information without having us open up a browser and going through it. The potential for BBSs are such that they could be the one repository, kind of like AOL, you know, what it used to be back in the day. What it ideally was supposed to be is in terms of one application and one place to get everything you need. Why do you like text mode computing? I like text mode computing because it gets the message across. The internet was initially conceptualized as some method of obtaining information quickly and having them easily indexed and easy to obtain. And the internet has died in the sense that it's no longer really focused on that. And text mode computing sort of limits how far you can take it. It focuses on what the internet and the sharing of information was really supposed to be about. And you shouldn't need any more than text mode to do this. Also, the creativity of a lot of content providers out there with creating artwork with text mode, I appreciate that too, because you can get some really nice looking art in ANSI or even ASCII, and I really appreciate that. It's platform independent. It doesn't require any ultra powerful systems. It doesn't need a lot of memory. It doesn't need even crazy video capabilities. It's text mode, so to me, being able able to spread information, that's the most you should ever need, in my opinion, and that's what I like about it. I appreciate the interview, and I hope you enjoy the show. This is Calcman Dan signing off. Thank you, Calcman Dan, for your take on our origins. It's amazing to look back at people's first steps in using modems to connect with the world. While the world was such a kinder and simpler place, we remember these fun and exciting days of old. Some people won't let the nostalgia go. Some people like Jonathan Justvig, otherwise known online as Crimson, seek to bring vintage technology to the modern world. Crimson is up next with his story. I've heard that the world was only in black and white at that time, though perhaps that was only a limit of the technology 
of that era. Whatever the case, I'd like to introduce my good friend, Jonathan Justvig. Keep up the good work. Bravo! My Origins by John Justig, also known as Crimson. Back long ago, I enjoyed taking things apart, figuring out how things were working, and rebuilding things into something better. At around the age of eight, my dad introduced me to a computer. Essentially, as a kid, you think, oh boy, a new toy. Well, yeah, that's how it started. The computer was a TRS-80 he had bought from Radio Shack or he'd gotten it from a co-worker from the Coleman Company where he'd been a press operator. He didn't accept, discuss to me how he managed to get a computer to, to our home at the time, but I absolutely loved it. I remember being very curious as I was barely past my curious George days in school. So I began to tinker around with it. Eventually I figured out how to power it on, press a few keys. It didn't make sense. But hey, we've all got to learn somehow, right? I can't really recall getting a whole lot of help from anyone as to how to function a computer. At speed back then, it seemed like I had learned things in small spurts. At the, t- at the time, I was destined to be in the information technology department of wherever I was destined to be. Enough about that. Soon later, I had gotten a TRS, a Commodore 64 with a 1200 baud modem. I don't re- recall exactly how I went from 300 baud. A lot has happened, but enough about that. My dad was into desktop publishing for, with GeoWorks for, for his writing his newsletters. I had also been curious as to how that was done and to later find out I could actually dial a number. My computer would connect me to what was known as a computer-based bulletin board system or BBS with the person in my community and the rest, well, I hope isn't exactly history. I want the BBS scene to stand the test of time, as they say, long before now until infinity. But anyway, I found a terminal program. The terminal program I for it, I don't recall the name, but I could press a few letters and a phone number, and press a pho- the phone number, and the screen would tell me connected 1200 baud. So the strange number I had gotten from the computer magazine that was called Ahoy is what got me started. The first magazine and computer gazette really got me into the computer scene. Later on into the world of BBSing as one might say, but hey, BBSing and programming, A plus all the way. Anyway, I connected to a BBS and was asked to enter a, a name and a password and didn't hesitate. It told me it couldn't find my record, so I read a little more closely and signed in as a new user after answering a few questions. I've got to tell you, back then, you try to dial a phone number, you get a busy signal a lot. Let's face it, there's not as many phone lines my guesstimation, as there are people today hooked up to the internet. Time's changing, but who knows for certain, right? So pretty much, with a lot of assortment of colors, I found All-American BBS to be the software that this person had been running on his computer system that I had dialed into. It looked great. Back then, everything had taste, really something unique, and it got a really good feeling. The vintage and nostalgia of it all can really take you back. It was great. Later on, after calling a few dozen times, I found out I got validated and known to the system operator online that said, hey, this person might seem kind of cool. So let's give him access to a few things. So the first thing I do, I recall was doing was writing him feedback. I didn't know him at all and still don't know to this day, but the memory at all will last for eternity. Then a few days later, right, I found what was known as message areas 
where you could write to people. Sort of like writing to a, a group of people, say on Twitter or something. I have to admit, I like the older, classier style of things that worked back in the day, where everything is really cool and simple. Even my dogs could do it, but hey. I wasn't really into writing many messages back then because I was a shy kid just in the third grade while I was writing stories with pictures that sort of that sort of thing and learning my numbers. But anyway, I found transferring files was a great way to do things and I could get games, read poetry, this and that and another and just got had a blast, right? So yeah, that's what I did. I enjoyed playing video games to, as long as I can remember and still do this to this day regardless of where I'm at. But there's a, certainly a time for that too. Anyhow, later on I had gotten accustomed to working on a Commodore 64 and gotten into a Commodore 128, which was about the same, but had a much bigger screen where I had more of an area to look at in front of me and could alternate between color graphics or the green monochrome screen, if any of you can mem remember back then. Let's face it, some of us were acting as a remote as our parents, so yeah, it was certainly challenging back in th those times too. I'll love and remember them forever. So I found an assortment of BBSs and found a board that ran the breadboard BBS software. Oh my god, I was in heaven. I could chat with people and do these dating services. It was great. I was 12 years old as a boy. But no, I was a shy kid that didn't want to talk to his first girlfriend at much at the time. So yeah, I would call at night, usually when my parents were sleeping chatting with these unknown strangers that kept my spirits up while my grades were slowly starting to drop while I was in school. I found it was much more interesting to be behind the seat as a screen than to go out playing the dirt with most of my kids my age. I recall of having a couple BBSs in town, both being running TBBSs or the breadboard BBS software that had 10 lines for people that could be connected at one time, at a given time. After those lines were being used, you'd have to wait for another piece person to hang up for another caller would get in. That's how busy they were. The busy signal and the absence of absence makes the heart ground thunder, as they say, and it's so true. I'd call back, call back, eventually met with a few people and get together and made some friends. Since the BBS scene looked so great, I decided to run a BBS of my own. Where this was high school kid taking a copy of photo ID sent to me to grant them adult access. You know, it's like growing up being a kid, young and stupid, that when you learn that the most is when you experiment and live a little. But hey, enough about my oranges for now. If you'd like to read my BBSing sometime, it's called Raiders Incorporated BBSing at vintagebbsing.com, port 1337. I hope to chat with you soon. Hi, my name is Ryder, known online as Warm Fuzzy. 
I've been into the bulletin board system scene since I was around 12. This hobby has served me quite well over these many years. I started out with the 2400 baud modem. 9600 baud modems were available, and my family opted for the less expensive route. Initially I just called the boards local to me, then around 1998 I put my own online. The computer-based art scene was very active in producing art packs from the various art groups. Unfortunately, I was not elite to get access to the scene boards. There were several underground BBSs and systems that were invite only. I went from 2400 baud all the way to the so-called 56k modems that only ever really connected at around 48 kilobits per second. One day in the future I will be hosting a competition for the most posts on Spooknet with the main prize being an unused, unopened US Robotics 56k external serial modem. I'll also be including a serial to USB cable that uses the FTDI chipset, being far superior to the prolific chipset in that this one actually works, which is a pretty good selling point. In addition to all that, I'll be including a 9-pin to 25-pin serial to serial connector so that the proper plug matches up with this equipment. Another prize to include in this is a Grandstream HT802 which is a VoIP analog telephone adapter. This one is special because it has an option to work using an uncompressed audio codec, which means that it will act just like a regular plain old telephone system POTS device. This ATA device costs around 75 Canadian dollars or 60 US dollars. The modem, its cable, and its adapter go for around 100 Canadian dollars or 80 US dollars. 175 Canadian with the largest prize does seem like a major expense for the society. The faster society to incur. Back to the origin story. That star became a thing around 2018. That star is the Progressive Hackers and Technologists Society. It was made by and for Christians, specifically born-again evangelical Christians that have a calling to reach the world through online communication systems such as bone board systems. Our membership currently counts American, British, and Canadian members, so it's international in scope. Every member receives their own Fatstar email address, vServer, and their own website. The vServers that we provide our members with are high-end systems pushing 400 megabits bi-directionally with around 160 gigs for storage, Ubuntu Linux as the operating system, and 8 gigs of RAM. The website comes with a custom domain name, an SSL certificates, and unlimited traffic and storage. We really have a good thing going here. We meet up every few days to discuss our progress. That we are working on. We have a good working relationship with many of the main players in the BBS scene. I'm taking this opportunity to advertise the services here of Meat Lotion. He is an extremely proficient coder who has helped with or was the lead developer in some of our Fatstar released BBS modifications or mods. Back as a kid, I would share software with people who likewise couldn't afford to buy it. This philosophy has changed and grown into my current take on things. 
I'm fully into Libra software, such as that which has been released under the GNU public license, Creative Commons, or to the public domain. I no longer pirate things, with the exception of fully abandoned abandonware that is impossible to register by paying a fee for normal purchasing of the product. I think that the developers would approve of this. And if they ever come knocking, I'd be glad and eager to pay for their products. There was a website owner of bbsfiles.com exchange site. He would provide serial numbers for abandoned software and keep an account of who bought what from whom. So if any of the abandonware software developers showed up in the scene again, that they would receive compensation for their software. So my origin becomes a thing as a poor kid who traded software to someone who makes a point of paying coders for their work, if at all possible. If I can't afford it, I don't use it. My first real attempt at putting a board online was a success, insofar as it was a highly customized board using the remote access BBS server software. But the $360 yearly fee for my own phone line wasn't doable. For all the BBSs that I worked on, every system was a remote access board and only used ANSI graphics, not ASCII. Currently, I am the sysop of a Christian BBS called Fishing Net, and I co-sysop a board of a friend of mine called Kansas World Headquarters. Both of these systems use the Mystic BBS server software. I've looked into Synchronet BBS Suite, but have found it more difficult to modify massively like how I've done with Mystic. In Mystic, I can do just about whatever I set my mind to, and if I can't, then I can have a mod developed that will enable that feature. If you'd like to support the BBS scene, I'd suggest going over to mysticbbs.com and sending some cash to the developer of Mystic BBS. His name is James Coyle, who goes by the alias of Guru. In my personal opinion, Mystic BBS is the most advanced and flexible BBS server software ever designed. Mystic is truly elite. Its rating is a full 10 out of 10. The Fishing Net BBS has been a work of much love. Being online for two years, down during the COVID mess of three years, and is now going back online. Once more, I really want to keep it going because the hundreds of hours spent making it the most visually attractive Christian board in the scene, and hundreds of dollars spent on world-class ANSI graphics done up by Luciano of the Blocktronics ANSI Graphics Art Group. If you would like graphics with no rivals, then stop over at ansigarden.com. That's A-N-S-I G-A-R-D-E-N dot C-O-M It is Luciano's storefront for the best Anzi graphics at the best price anywhere in the art scene. So that's where I'm at. From my origins to the present day. Props to Luciano, Crimson, Crewmate, Telkman Dan, Meat Lotion, and Guru. Woo, yeah! The number you have dialed is not in service at this time. I would like to do some shameless greets to go into some of my favorite personalities in the scene that are really worthy of, of promotion. I've already mentioned Luciano and Meat Lotion, but there are many others that are doing game-changing work in the BBS scene. 
These include Flex's 2600.network, where the domain is literally 2600.network. He runs a large POTS phone to BBS service. Through this system, you can reach the FatStars teleporter redirect, from which you can connect to the main BBSs that we host. The teleporter can be reached at 778-716-PHAT or 778-716-7428. My second promotion is for JonathanJustvigsKansas.com. He offers mentoring for people in the BBS scene to improve their bulletin board systems. He charges a fee for his services, but he is very valuable and worthy of your coin. You can contact Jonathan Justvig, also known as Crimson, at kansit.com, K-A-N-S-I-T dot C-O-M. That fire is still going strong, sitting in your favorite chair, and you have been listening to the TextTalk.news. I hope that this news broadcast has informed, entertained, and given you something to consider. Looking back at what our early days in the scene were like and where we are now, I wish you well. This news show is run by the Fat Star Society, and myself, Ryder Navi, also known as Warm Fuzzy, run it. If you want to explore more, then please check out bbsday.org and the telnetbbsguide.com. This is Warm Fuzzy, signing off.